Welcome to the Nitty Gritty, where we challenge conventional thinking. Join us as we explore real life, real people, real stories, and how pushing back can make all the difference. Well, welcome to the Nitty Gritty Podcast, episode 11. We're in the double digits. We have a pretty exciting guest today. Today's going to be a lot of fun. We got Corey Stevens in the house of Taft. Clo- Is it Taft Clothing? Uh, just Taft. Just Taft. Yeah, the URL is a bit deceiving, but yeah, it's just Taft. Okay. So with Taft, I'm really excited to jump into your story. So we met, I don't know if you even remember this, but Clay introduced us. We went golfing at Riverside and it was probably, oh, it was Jesse like, Clark. yeah, it was Jesse like Clark right was as the, you yeah. were, and we'll get into this when you were transitioning into shoes, yeah. like you were still doing the socks. Yes. Uh, yeah. If I was living at that house when I was with Clay. Yeah, man, we would have been. It would have been early. Yeah, we would have had some samples, but definitely not like what it has become now. Yeah, because I'm Clay was telling us like he's trying to, he's starting to make shoes, and like Clay knows that because I'm like a huge shoe sneakerhead guy, uh-huh. and so he was always telling me about them. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to, to do this today. So yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. Shoes. So what what brought that on? Where did that come from? Like just wanting to make like, were you making them or no, 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 no. So we, we started as a sock company. Right. And, uh, but like no show socks are super niche, super polarizing. Right. You're not going to build like a, you know, hundred million dollar business off of just right. no show socks or but barbecue. Before, just like, so you know. yeah. like, like why did you even start with socks though? Like, like take us back all the way so, back. So, something I didn't realize was how involved your wife is in the business. Yeah, so we so we both I we both went to BYU. I studied linguistics, she studied English, and I wanted to do management consulting, which is kind of like in the business school at BYU. It's like it's either that or nothing. Yeah. Like it's either success in management consulting or like you failed. And there's like two <laughs> jobs for a million kids. Yeah. And so I didn't get an offer. And so then I wanted to get into sports, like my main passion is sports, and so I was like looking at FIFA and US youth soccer out of Frisco, Texas and and it was just my wife was pregnant and it was like dude I can't like go make 30 grand in Frisco, Texas. Yeah. And so we decided that we were going to start something. Um did either of you come from like no an dude. entrepreneur background? No. no. It, it's like against every fiber of my being to be an entrepreneur. Like it's very uncomfortable for me. I wanted like a stable job with a 401k and insurance and nine to five and weekends off, you know, like I I never, ever wanted this for myself. Um, and so it, dude, I don't know. It just came from, it came really out of necessity. It's like, well, I, I don't have a job at the time. I was like being a fly fishing guide and, uh, buying and selling board games on Amazon to try and like make a little bit of money. You're buying and and selling like, like Gary V style, like going to like garage sales. No. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was just like arbitrage. It was like, okay, well, Walmart.com is selling this game for this amount. I can sell it for this on Amazon. You know, it's like, it was dumb. There's no, I don't know if there's money in barbecue. There's definitely not money in buying and selling board games on Amazon. Um, so it was, it was just a weird start, but it was like, we, I knew that, you know, I grew up wearing no-show socks, but I like stole my mom's and they were right. horrible and not meant for men. They were sheer and ugly and and feminine, and they just didn't work. And so uh, I knew that there was an opportunity there. This was before Stance had no-show socks or K-Bell or whatever. You know, it was like a pretty unique thing that we did. And so I knew that if we brought that design approach to socks, we could probably make a splash and and do something, at least get off the ground. And then a year and a half later, 
we realized that it was like, wow, we have, you know, 300,000 guys on Instagram that really like shoes because we were, you know, we were going to Nordstrom Rack, buying up all these shoes to photograph with our socks. But we basically functioned and looked like a men's shoe company. Well, yeah. So that's funny. So that part of it. You had your socks, but the way that you marketed them was basically with like the a shoes. shoe company. Yeah, you had bought all these shoes at Nordstrom Rack. You took pictures of the sock with the shoe, and then you took all the shoes back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so it was like that's exactly right. I mean, like imagine if I like took your shoe off, took your sock off, put a no-show sock on, and then took a picture. Like no, no one would ever want to follow an account that was like men's feet. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's some people, but they're kind of weird. Um, <laughs> So, so we were just going around buying, you know, looking for lax return policies, buying unique shoes, photographing them with our socks and then returning the shoes. And that's, so, so we looked like a very shoe centric Instagram account. Um, but in reality we were just a sock company that marketed that way. But then we found ourselves like, okay, well, what do we want to do? How can we grow this business? And it's like, well, let's freaking do shoes because we already have this audience that clearly likes shoes. You know? So you started going on Instagram but you've talked about like, I mean, from what I know about you, you're kind of a private person, like, yeah. like your nature. And so yeah. how did you think of, okay, I'm going to, we're going to start an Instagram account and we're going to take pictures and people are going to, I mean, that's how we're going to grow our business. I mean, where did that come from? Yeah, you're right, man. Like I, I really am like a private person. I think that people expect me to be like outgoing and an extrovert and like, dude, I'm really shy, really uncomfortable around people. I don't like going to events where I have to talk. Uh, I, li- I like speaking, but I don't like socializing, like in a room full of people, right. like I, I'm automatically skyrocketed back to like those high school days when you see people talking and you have to like tap on a shoulder and butt in. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm just pretty shy and I just want to be with my kids at home. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, dude, like I, I didn't have a personal Instagram account at the time. We had a tapped Instagram account before I had a personal Instagram account, but it was like, that was how that was the free way to try it out. You know, it required zero money. It was like, dude, make an account takes five minutes, freaking post pictures. Like it was, it was the free way to try it. And so that's how we grew and it ended up being our biggest strength. But in the beginning, it wasn't like uh, a very strategic decision. It was just the fact that it was free. So did you have any type of like, did you do any type of social media training? Did no, you, dude, you do I studied linguistics. <laughs> TAF, uh, TAF started right out of school. Yeah. So I, I went from like phonetics to shoes. <laughs> and, and no, so I, I didn't have any um, any training. I, I would say that my wife and I are naturally pretty good at understanding people. I would say that I am a people person. Uh, definitely not a, a social media guy or whatever, but like people are, you know, a applicable to really anything. And so if we were just thinking about what, what guys want, um, the business has always been very practical and logical. We're not like fashion people. We're not shoe designers. We're not social media experts. We're just like have good common sense and, and kind of understand what people want. So like how long did it take you to get to like your first, I don't know, thousand, 10,000 followers? I mean, Oh dude, it was quick, man. Like, um, now, now it's very different, but like four or five years ago, Instagram was like, you could grow an account crazy fast. And so that's why like the, the other men's shoe accounts will never catch us because you can't grow an account like you used to be able to. And so thankfully we went all in on growing an Instagram account. And now we have, you know, 500,000 followers, whereas all of our competition has maybe a hundred thousand. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, 
we we would take pictures you know i would hold my baby and we'd walk around the neighborhood shoot pictures and go to Nordstrom Rack, buy cool pants, <laughs> photograph them, return them. Like we were just, that's like all the business was in the early days. That's all we really did was just take cool pictures for Instagram. And that's how we started. Has Nordstrom Rack reached out to you? Do they know no, about this no. yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we, I would always like, cause I'm really uncomfortable doing things that I know I shouldn't. <laughs> like, like if I, like even like bow fishing, right. like, like if I'm not sure if I can bow fish in an area, I will like hide my bow and right. like not do anything. And, and so I would go into Nordstrom Racks and like, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to buy 10 pairs of shoes. I'm going to return them all. Are you guys cool with that? I'm like, yep. I mean, you never I wore them. I don't see what the problem. I mean, no, well, like, I guess you I, well, I did them wear, I did wear them, but I would, I would put uh, duct tape on the bottom. Oh, see. So it was like, perfect. You never know. So right. it, I didn't feel bad about it. Um, I felt okay about it, especially after I started like asking if people were cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many people would ask? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've all I, done that. We've all bought like, you know, back in Halo days, I remember we bought an Xbox for one weekend just to like fit enough guys to play Halo. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. we took it back. Oh, the summer sale days where you buy the TV and make return it 90 yeah, yeah. days later. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what I was doing. Like <laughs> Nordstrom Rack is like 90 day, no questions asked. Right. It's like Costco. So it's like 90 days, man. I can like shoot these for three months and then return them. Right. You know, it was like a dream. So that's how we started. Were you shooting your own pictures? Did you like hire someone to come do it? Dude, no. I, we, I did not know how to photograph. Now I'm okay. But me and my wife did not know. We just shot on automatic. So everyone would make fun of us that we just didn't know how to shoot manual. But our automatic photos were the best photos on Instagram. Yeah. So I remember like waking up one day, like when, when it came time to go from like iPhone to like a legit camera, I woke up one day at like 4 a.m. So you got started just taking them on your phone. Oh yeah, dude. This was just, just phones. And then when we t- when it came time to get legit, I like combed KSL for a camera and some guy wanted me to meet him in Salt Lake at like four in the morning or something. Cause he, he worked at like some power plant or something. Wow. And so I bought our first camera at like four 30 in the morning in Salt Lake <laughs> and was back before, you know, freaking sun up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's how we started, man. It was like iPhone to, to some camera purchased on KSL and now it's much more legit, but that's the best days of the business were right there, man. Yeah. It's funny that you say you're not entrepreneurial. Like I hear it totally like even the board game thing. I mean, you remember Susan talking about the glow side hustle. Glow stick Susan. Yeah. Like every it seems like so I, I would sell barbecue out of my driveway before I had the restaurant just to keep money in our pockets. And it's it's funny, I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs that we've talked to started out like kind of out of necessity, just like Susan, just like Jay. I mean yeah. like flipping board games. Dude, it was weird, man. <laughs> it was, it was I mean, weird. It, it, it may be weird, but it's still creative, and you were still doing something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was very opportunistic. I mean, you learned a little bit about e-commerce, learned right? About arbitrage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. It was. Yeah, I I still would not say I'm entrepreneurial. Right. Um, it's still not natural or comfortable for me, but but maybe it isn't for anyone. I don't know. That's that's interesting. Maybe it isn't. I mean, what what is it? Where does it come from? Because I don't know that. I'm not very good at assessing risk. So, like, do you like the risk? Are you like, dude? I want to open a really free restaurant. I'm gonna put all it. my money into this place and just pray that See, they come. That's the beauty of ADHD. We don't have that like executive <laughs> that function foresight. <laughs> like, it, we don't assess risk. And you know, when I opened the restaurant, I never eighty percent failure rate. You know, I never even really yeah. thought of it. But 
I also didn't really want to do anything else. So I think a lot of it is just you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So and I'm not, dude. Like, I'm not comfortable being Was being married a part of it? Like, had um, you been single and maybe not had any responsibility for another person, would you have gone there? I, yeah, I think I, I, I may have been more interested in it. But being married, dude, and, like, we had a baby on the way. See, like that, that there it is. really wore on me. That right. really weighed me down. And now I have three children, and it still stresses me out just as much. You know, people would probably assume that oh Corey's like never has to worry about money again or he's fine <laughs> right. it's like no matter what my circumstances are it will always stress me out and weigh on me because the you know the the patriarchal weight of caring for other people is heavy and right. i'm very conscious of it every day but in a way it's a blessing too because i mean really that's kind of i mean maybe that was the the force behind you yeah it certainly drove me to like right you know succeed right i mean the whole the the board games i i love that <laughs> i think that's my favorite part of this talk so far <laughs> is that like it's love learning you, these you, you're very humble about it but this is kind of what's fun about talking to people is like there's, there's someone out few, there trying to flip board games well, right yeah, now well not even that it's it's to see the guests like maybe you've never thought that that might touch somebody or reach somebody but a lot of people are just you know, we had a guy on Twitter yesterday say, like, I, I just quit my job. I'm looking for a switch. This has been motivating me. And to hear stories like Jason Edwards hauling two by fours on yeah. the bus to Susan build a shack. Freaking, like, to hear picking the stuff off the yeah. windows. Well, and even so. before that, like the glow stick. Like, yeah. she was selling glow sticks at, like, Stadium of Fire. Like, did you like, know that? I did even, not, dude. She no. wasn't Susan's even a good friend now. I didn't know that. <laughs> she wasn't even, like, I guess we're the first podcast or first people to get that out of her like wasn't private she just never talked about it but like she was she was hustling and so to hear somebody like you where you're at now just a few years ago or however many years ago it was say yeah like three hey i couldn't find a job out of school that i wanted so i was buying board games on sale and making a few bucks on like yeah that's an incredible part of your story yeah the 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 other part while i was buying and selling board games i was also like we talked about I was I was basically a mule for a fly fishing guide. Right. So I would like wake up at crazy early, you know, four thirty, and and we'd go and I would just carry the bags and I would teach people how to like roll cast up river, and uh, and then I'd come home and I'd ship board games. Wow. And so I'd make like twenty or forty dollars depending on how big the party was in the morning. Right. And then I'd come and buy and sell board games uh, on Amazon. What was your best? Like, what was? Was was there a money board game? (laughs) Like, is there one that you always made a few bucks on? You saw it come up for sale. Shooting ladders. Uh, uh, Ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. What's that one? And Cards Against Humanity. Oh, I love that game so much. Pretty hot, and they were coming out with like all these expansions at the time. Right. It's like, what would you make when you flipped a game? I mean, dude, like uh, ten, twenty bucks more. No, 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 no. Dude, we're talking a couple dollars. Like, (laughs) it's the difference between like. Seventeen ninety nine at walmart.com and nineteen ninety nine on amazon.com like wow. it was we're talking not a lot of money so it was all quantity yeah it was like a volume play yeah it was a volume play oh that's really cool yeah but ticket to ride was uh, a good seller what is ticket to ride ticket to, i've never played it i don't know if anyone it's, it's like there's like you a train on the front and it's some sort of i don't know like train i don't know <laughs> it's like mall madness i'm just kidding yeah i, I <laughs> don't know man but like it's really popular 
Wow. And uh, people bought it, man. Yeah, look it up. It's called Ticket to Ride. One of the, I think it's one of the most popular board games ever. Huh. Really? Yeah. You play that in your 78-degree house, Brent? In the summer nights? 78 degrees. Yeah. That's what he keeps his house What? I'm a 68 kind of guy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up every episode and tell the winner, and then we're going to make fun of your heating bill. I'm double digits lower than you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, Corey, so you're getting into socks. You're realizing you've kind of started an Instagram shoe account. Yeah. You don't have a background in making shoes. Zero. Or design. Zero, Did you have connections to a factory? No, but... Because everyone like our Instagram account was a growing men's Instagram account. So like, like, how, shoe, like how big was it at that time? Um, like when you started thinking about, the I switch. would say we were probably approaching two hundred thousand. Okay. And because we looked like a shoe account, these like factories were hitting us up saying, "Hey, can we make your shoes?" And it's like, one, we don't even make shoes, but two, like, interesting. Yeah. You know, like. Because one of the whenever I get to speak places, they're always like, "How did you find a manufacturer?" As if that's like the hardest thing. It's like factories are actively looking for more clients. Yeah, you know if you know where to look. And and thankfully on Instagram, we were getting actively approached by lots of factories around the world if they could make our shoes. We didn't even make shoes at the time, but it allowed us to have this kind of database of you know a dozen or so shoe factories that wanted to make shoes. So you kind of just saw an opportunity at that point then. You're like, oh, maybe we should start making shoes because yeah, people we, keep asking us to make My wife and them. I, we were like dead set on never making shoes. You know, socks is like one size fits most. Most. And it's, you know, most. I'm, it's not going to fit you. <laughs> sure. What size shoe do you wear? 15. Freak, man. Which, you know, but I turned this off. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> I, I looked on the website before, and of course, I know about Taft Shoes. I think I remember Susan telling me about you the first time, you know, a couple of years ago. But I'm not the dressiest person because I'm just covered in grease most days. But I looked today, and you had 15. That was like we, the yeah, first thing I looked. Do, I was like, if he doesn't have 15s, we're gonna have a problem. Yeah, I think <laughs> no, we do. We yep. we go up to. I mean, because we make a lot of NBA player shoes, right? So we have like, you know, Go Bears like a size 21. Jeez. Uh, Gasol's like a 17, 18, you know, like, so we make, we can make really, really big shoes, but right. we regularly carry up to 15 yeah. because it's like, dude, so many guys out there have been limited to essentially Nikes their whole lives because there's no great option. And you go to Nordstrom rack, you look at the 15, there's like three shoes and they're all <laughs> yeah. horrible. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, I, like I really sympathized with that. And so we wanted to make sure we catered to, I appreciate to those that. Yeah. Too. I looked, I was like, Hey, there you go. Cause yeah. yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like back before the internet days, it was like, what do you have in the back? That's a 15. Yeah, that's and they right. come like, out like, <laughs> yeah, dust blow the dust off. off the box. And it's like Reebok pumps, which when I was asking, which are awesome. weren't vintage yet. I wish I would have bought them all, but, <laughs> but yeah, so it's a little easier with online now, but it's still, it seems like the shoes you want the most, they stop at four. You know, yeah. Is 14 kind of the like, yeah, 14, the end of the thir- common 13, sizes now. Like seven to thirteen is like that's the, always been the range. That, right. Fourteen is like, oh, you're kind of cool. Right. Fifteen's like, oh, dang. Like you're fifteen, no, you're an ogre. Yeah, fifteen's like, oh, we dang, don't want dude, you wearing you our shoes. To, you cater to me, dude. You'll like, break our you. shoes too fast. Make <laughs> us look bad. Yeah, so we 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 make some big shoes for people, um, but fifteen we regularly carry. Is twenty one size twenty one? That's the biggest, the biggest so far? one we've ever made. Yeah, Shaq's what a twenty two, twenty three. Uh, something oh, like dude, that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a Lakers there. guy, but I don't know. How about go? I mean, what's that like delivering those shoes to go? I mean, uh, just seeing a shoe. Well, that big. here's the thing. I've made them. Uh, he doesn't have them though. 
Oh, okay. I've struggled to get them to him. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we have, uh, I have, like we have, we have a couple investors that are NBA players: Dwayne Wade, Andre Iguodala. Um, but we have lots of friends. Right. But uh, I've struggled to kind of get in with the Jazz. Jazz are kind of weird. They're up, they're up the street, man. And like, I don't know what my problem is. Donovan well, Mitchell follows Taft on Instagram. I, I try saw and that. DM him all the time. He never DMs me back. Really? But yeah. So I'm, tr- I'm still working. Like, we'll get you in. I'm there. trying to get an in because it's like, guys, I can make you dope shoes. One of the coaches, I don't know his name. It's not Quinn, but one of the assistant coaches, I was at a game. Johnny Bryant. He freaking had our <laughs> shoes on. Like, I so mean, I'm, it was like, I was sitting courtside for, I don't know. I don't remember how, but I went in the back after the game, this guy walks by and I was like, dude, are those tapped? He's like, yeah, man, I love them. I was like, oh, cool, man. I like them too. And you I was didn't like, tell him you were the, you were no, the guy. I was kind of like, such a nice guy. I, I love just, it. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's wearing tapped. And so then I went back and I looked up the coaching staff, tried to find his name, figure this guy out, look up his order. Couldn't find his order. So someone bought him for him or something. Right. But I was like, okay, this guy is wearing Taft. Like, we need to get the whole freaking bench in Taft, the whole coaching staff in Taft. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to work it. But so I have a pair of size 21s for Rudy Gobert in my office. Okay. <laughs> I want to make you a deal. If I get you in, I get to come with you. Okay. Deal, deal. What I, is it with the Jack? Like, so I, I fed quite a few I, proteins. I imagine, yeah. And never, like, I, I, so I feed the Saints once a month. Like, they fly me out to feed them. I feed the Pelicans now. Goodness. I've never talked to a single person with the Jazz. Like, Dude, it, I, I don't know, man. It's like, really weird. I fed every team in the state. I mean, every college team, every semi-pro team, but I have never even heard yeah, I a think, squeak from I them. I think Quinn, I was actually just with a guy that works for the Jazz this morning, and he was saying that Quinn is really private and right. protects his players. No one flies on the jet with them. No one is able to watch the practices anymore employees really? yeah it's super super private which which i think is kind of cool but it's just kind of interesting i always see people like man thanks to donovan for becoming such a part of the community it's like man let's get him some freaking bam bams and some tap shoes <laughs> you know like you want to be a real part of the community right like, let's get you some tap shoes and some, hey, eat some barbecue let's hey, go sit outside the hey, parking i'll lot. vouch for them they're the coolest dudes we hung out with them during the summer league no dude i, and they I are love, the coolest dudes. i'm a lakers fan yeah like I I'm grew sorry. up, I grew up in the shadow of the Staples you Center. <laughs> what are you, a Clippers fan? No, Jasper. Oh well, it's because yeah, you you grew up with us beating you guys in the playoffs. Exactly. But yep. but I you know I grew up really close to the Staples Center, and I love the Lakers. I've now been in Utah for, uh, twelve years, and I have really come to love the Jazz, um, and I would love I I love those guys like those guys. It's interesting being you know now a father and a you know, a grown man rather than like a kid in LA watching right. the Lakers. Like now it's like, these guys are superheroes, man. Like they have a huge opportunity to be great. Right. And, and I think that they're doing a great job. Yeah. Like that sure. team and this year, dude, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. It's going to be a great squad. So I didn't know you were from Cal, where, where in California, like El Bur- Segundo. Burbank. Oh, Burbank. Burbank. Yeah. Be there in a week. Oh really? Are you from California? I grew up in Huntington beach. Oh dude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so I grew up a Lakers fan. I wasn't there as long as you. I was only there till high school, but well, I mean, me too. I'm, I'm right. so I born in Burbank. Oh, we're, how graduated. old are you? I'm 30. Holy crap! You're young. <laughs> how old are you? 40. <laughs> Gosh, this sucks. How old are you? 35, 34. That's sad that you don't know that. <laughs> Do you want me to text Jenna? <laughs> yeah. Ask her. 33. Oh wow. That's Dude, when, cool. when did you graduate high school? Oh three, oh four, oh two. Yeah. 
Oh, so you're yeah, you're probably like 34, 35. Have you guys heard of the 90s? Yeah, I, I was okay, born in '89, dude. I've watched. Really? I was born in '80s. <laughs> I watched the documentaries about that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like the classic rock station is now starting to like creep into my high school music. I'm like, damn it, I'm getting old. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So I, yeah, I grew up a big Lakers king. I'm a big hockey guy. We got Kings. Gretzky behind yeah. me, right? But yeah, my very first hockey goal. I, I played hockey starting when I was eight. Was in the Forum. Oh yeah, my man. very first great Western hockey Forum goal was the Great Western Forum. That's and awesome. now it's got some new life because of the Ram Stadium. Yeah, so. it's, it was sad for a decade. Yeah, or so. <laughs> that was that was bad. But yeah. no, that's cool. So, are you starting to switch now to to the Jazz? Or are you well, still? Yeah, I mean, I'm. So I cheer I'm, for the last Jazz if they're not playing the Lakers. Type yeah, thing. I'm really disappointed in like the management oh, of the Lakers. It's ridiculous. It, like the back office is really embarrassing. It is almost time to switch to the Clippers. Yeah, the, yeah. Just yeah. come to the Jazz, everyone. I no, welcome no, I, you. I, no, really I am. I am. I am like. I have much more, I have many more ties to the Jazz than I ever had to the Lakers. Like the Lakers right. were like, you know, up on this hill and untouchable. Now it's like the Jazz. It's like, oh, Donovan Mitchell follows Taft on Instagram, and uh, Ricky Rubio, who you know, R.I.P. on the Jazz. But uh, Ricky Rubio is really good friends with Marcus Saul, who's a good friend of mine, and you know, and now Mike Conley, who's a good friend of Marcus Saul. I just have all these ties. And, you know, Steve Starks, you probably know Steve Starks. Right. I don't know him, but I know that he has a pair of tap shoes. Wow. And it's like, dude, all these cool ties. So it's, it's just much more human, humanized organization than the Lakers. And yeah. that's why I'm, I find myself like, dude, playoff time at, 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 at Vivint, dude, it's like the it's, best time of the year. Right. It's, it's incredible. Crazy. And I never had that growing up. Yeah, It was like I, I'd never even been to a jazz game or sorry, I'd never been to a Lakers game in my whole life until I moved here. And now I go to more Lakers games because they're here. Because they're right. But here. growing up, we just didn't have the money to go to Lakers games, yeah, and so, so I, I watched them on TV. But the Jazz is like a human, real organization that I feel like is accessible. Yeah. And, and real to but me. But it isn't. Well, but they don't answer my DMs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll try to change that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does. There's something about Utah. Like we all feel like we're. Yeah, it does feel like a small town. In a Dude, sense. it's a the smaller market, and, and their 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 role in this community is different than someone like it, the Lakers. Absolutely, sure. and so that's why I feel like, oh, I should be able to talk to them. I should be able to meet them because it's like we're a smaller market, and I just I want to be friends with them. <laughs> They're just, well, you know, I just love those guys, man. And they it could they be your you know you're obviously a pretty humble guy, and like you say, you're kind of introverted. I mean, uh, I hate to say this, but if I was if I saw those Taft shoes, I'd be like, yeah, it's actually my company. I would have totally dropped uh, that. Dude, I, I so don't do I, that. I, resp I, I respect that you didn't, for sure. But at the same time. Yeah, I, I that's kind of like a decision I made. Um, because you check this out. Let's let's role play. Okay. You're like, we're, we're in, you're <laughs> in, in Salt 15s. Lake. You're in your size 15s. Right. And some guy comes up to you. Oh, my gosh, I really like, are those Taft? Are those, I like your shoes. And then what do you say? Oh, but cool. Yeah, I love them. Cool, man. Thanks. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> And then I say this, what do you do? Oh, dude, cool. I created them. I'm the designer. So Either you different. don't know who I am. <laughs> Here, here's what I would have said. I would have gone the grateful route, and which is how I actually. Well, that would be cool. It's not, it's, and for me, it's kind of a more natural thing. Like if I ever hear somebody talking about my food or whatever, like, you know, I'm, if I go up to them and just say, hey, that's actually my restaurant. And it means a lot to me that you said that. Yeah. That's what I would have I would have walked up to him and just said, hey. You know, that's my company, and it really means a lot to see you wearing them. I hope you love them. I, I yeah, I kind of got burned a few months ago. I, cause oh, I really? used to, like, it, 
dude, there is nothing more incredible than when I see someone wearing our shoes. Oh, I'm sure. Like, dude, it blows my mind. It just fills me with so much gratitude. E- even to this day. Oh, st- oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I take pictures. Like, I, I do. I, it just, it's the most amazing feeling in the whole world to make something and then to see someone spend their hard-earned money and enjoy it. Like, it's the same for food, shoes, whatever. Right. It's amazing. And I used to, you know, sometimes I would say that. But then recently, two times in a row, it was like it led to a really awkward, almost bar like negative re- like negative interaction, huh. and so I stopped doing it. I like what happened? Saying, this. I mean, you have no names or anything. No, like no, no. I happened? don't. I don't know his name. I, want I don't know his name. <laughs> um, but but you know, I was in a restaurant and I just like I saw that this guy's wearing Taft, and I was by myself. Right. I was like up at a deli in Salt Lake, and I was just by myself, and this guy was with a another gentleman, and I. You know, I inter- I kind of tapped his shoulder. Hey, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to say, like, I really love your shoes. Um, and he was, and he just like kind of looked at me as if, as if I was really, as if I was interrupting. I was right. interrupting, but it was like as if I just inconvenienced him greatly. And and I was, and he just kind of looked at me and like, okay. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I actually, I'm the owner of that company, and I designed that shoe, and it just you know stokes me out to see you in them. And he was just like okay and i walked away and it was just like oh my gosh like dang it bummed me out so much that i kind of stopped and that guy, that same guy uh hit me up on linkedin like a couple of days later and was like hey i'm so sorry that i was so awkward and uncomfortable that's and, cool and i was like wow like and then he was like please come to salt lake i'll take you to lunch like i looked you up and you actually are that guy <laughs> and yeah, i was I like it. i was like but it was so awkward that right. he felt he needed to apologize. Right. And so I don't That's know. It's, cool, it's, actually. It's, it was super cool of him, right. but it just kind of made me like, man, it, hard to put yourself out. Kinda, there like yeah. That. I kind of put myself out there and it's like, it is kind of awkward if I'm like, Oh, I made those. It's kind of like when you're like, right. Oh, you're from Huntington beach. Do you know Danny Ritter? And you're like, <laughs> no, totally. but, but even if you, if you do know him, you say yes. And yeah. it's like, Oh, I do too. Cool. Or if you say no, it's like, oh, okay, bump, Huntington Beach is really big. <laughs> it's like Huntington Beach is really big. You You're probably right. don't know. You know, it's kind of like it's a lose-lose no matter what the answer is. And so I've just kind of like backed off and I just like sneak pictures of them and <laughs> post them on Instagram. Just like <laughs> creeper style. Yeah, like, that's not a bad way yeah. to do it. You just tag them on Instagram yeah. with somebody like Rudy Gobert, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, hey, I killed a whole cow for you, okay? Yeah. Look at all this leather. Rudy, They're waiting in storage. Yeah. So – are you the designer of the shoes then? Yeah. So you've done all of them. All of them. Yeah. We really wow. not a single person has ever helped. I didn't him. know that. So where did that? I mean, that that you got to call that a passion. You've got to be passionate about designing. Yeah, but my favorite my favorite part would probably be the shoe design. The product is my wow. favorite part. So where did that come from? Like that. I mean, obviously you moved into shoes, but I mean, moving into selling shoes and like designing them. Very different. Very very yeah. different. I love shoes. And I couldn't design a shoe to save my life. See, I, I'm just kind of like a jack of all trades. Like, I think that, it, again, it was like out of necessity. I'm not like, like Virgil or Kanye West, where I'm like waking up in the middle thank, of the night, like with some inspir, you know, some inspired. Do you believe my, that? Um, do you believe that they really wake up in the middle? Sometimes of the night I do because inspired. if you ever listen to them talk, they're like on another level. Yeah, it's like super their brain artistic. is like so out there that it's like. I can't even understand what you're saying. Well, you know, sometimes though, people, my best thinking happens if I wake up at like two in the morning. 
Really? I guess oh, not that man. I'm like I'm inspired. It's I wake up and my once my brain starts turning, it doesn't stop. So it's very common for me to wake up at two and work from two to four, two to oh, five, dude, never and then try me. to go back to sleep for a couple of hours. I wake up at two. I watch Stranger Things. <laughs> dude, I stay up till two watching Stranger that's Things. What I, that's what that's me too. I just, horrible. I, I just designed like for me, it was just out of necessity and practicality and logic. It, like I'm not like, oh, I saw this amazing tree and it inspired this design. It's like no, no, no. Like, it's like I'm not reinventing the shoe. I'm just like searching for cool, unique textiles and leathers and things, and then putting them together. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm a very practical. Like I would never say that I'm a shoe designer. Have I designed like hundreds of shoes? Yes, but like I'm not. Like I couldn't teach shoe design. Or I couldn't like if I if Nike wanted to do a collab with Taft, I would be shaking, trembling <laughs> at that meeting where they're like, "Okay, well, what do you got?" It's like, "Oh, dude, I don't know. Like, I can't draw a shoe. I'm not like this artistic dude. Right. I just design them because there's like five of us at Taft, and someone has to design the shoes, and I, you know, I elect to do it." So, what's your what's your process? Like, do you have a process when you sit down? Like, let's say, okay, it's Corey's turn to design a shoe. What, what's that? I mean, does it just work on your timeline? Is there a timeline or no, is it just kind of like it comes to you? No, it's kind of like I'm always just looking. thinking of things. And I like screenshot them on my phone or I text myself ideas or I keep like a running note. And then three or four times a year, I have to design like a new collection. And I'll take all of those things that I have and all those screenshots on my phone and, and start piecing them together. Yeah, come up with stuff and come up with 15 to 20 designs and get samples and a few of them will work and most of them won't this is very interesting i mean to me this just screams artistic shoe designer (laughs) you know what i mean like you're just such a like humble dude and i really respect it but again i'm gonna bring it up i'm gonna bring it up imposter syndrome imposter oh yeah who talked about it susan susan yeah the first time and i've never even heard of it dude it's a real thing and i think we all have it it is an absolutely real thing like i you if know, anything, this podcast is about people overcoming that. I think we should rename our podcast The Imposter or something. Because I do. I bring up his heater or his air conditioner. Every <laughs> well, yeah, time. that's that's like that just kind of weird. About. Yeah. yeah. That's and like then, too, it's like just go outside if you want it 78 degrees. <laughs> just open all your windows. It's freaking hot. Dude, yeah. It's sweaty. Water on yourself I could not shade. sleep at 78 degrees. That's like and my <laughs> mission or something. <laughs> so I bring that up and, uh, and then the imposter syndrome thing because it's like no matter how successful the entrepreneur that sits in front of us or the NFL player, you know, it, it's there. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's like, do you know how many people, you know, I get this with barbecue. Barbecue is a very simple cuisine, right? But not to people who don't know how to make it. Yeah. Not that, to me, and, dude. And don't don't thing, put me like, on a grill. It's if you look at what a chef does compared to what I do. It's way more intense. They have to know way more about yeah. pairing things and flavors. And so, but, but it is true when I teach, cause I teach classes everywhere and I'll watch what people struggle with with making barbecue. I'm just like, dude, you just need to relax. Just let the meat cook. Yeah. But then you start realizing like it computes for me. Like barbecue just makes sense to me where it doesn't really make sense to a lot of other people. And it, to me, at least, it sounds very similar to what what you do. I think you look at it like it's a simple, I don't do a very artistic process or this is how it works for me. But like Andrew said, there's no way in hell I could design a shoe. Yeah. I wouldn't know what's fashionable. I wouldn't know what's in. Like, 
you seem like an out like you bow fish, you fly fish, you're like this outdoorsy <laughs> guy, but then you're also on the cutting edge of like men's fashion. Like that's just it's cool. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think like for me, design is the same as learning social media or learning accounting or learning finance or learning HR. Like it was just those all sound really hard. <laughs> it's just like it's just like it's just something it's just the next something challenge. I had to do. Yeah. Right? It wasn't like I was trained for it. It wasn't like I was inspired to do it. It was like, okay, I need to figure out payroll. I need to build an HR program. I need to figure out our core values. I need to design some shoes. I need to do, you know, it was like just one of a million things that we had to do when starting a business and just never let it stop us or get in the way. It was just like one other thing we had to get done. So, and there's one thing that we haven't talked about. You've been really open about it. Um, and re- recently that all along the way, cause the entrepreneur journey is hard enough, yeah. but then you've had your own personal battles as well. That's right. Yeah. Um, that just kind of compound on that. And that's something that I, we like to kind of talk about just because I do think that people tend to put successful people up on a pedestal mm-hmm. and they, they look at their success and they assume everything just worked for them. They only see the roses. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, talk a little bit about kind of what that has brought and like what like your personal struggle has been along the way with this. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've, you've kind of caught me at an interesting time because like the last three or four days have probably literally been like the worst of my whole life. Um, from, from that perspective. And, and so it's, it's extra, extra potent right now because it's like, you know, you, if you wouldn't have asked this question, you'd have no idea. I would roll in here jeans and a t-shirt seem like a normal guy. You know, you have no idea, but you know, I think that this year it's, it's just interesting because in the last year it's like Taft was number 56 on the Inc 5,000 list. I was Forbes 30 under 30 uh, entrepreneur of the year for Ernst and Young, just a few, you know, a month or so ago. Um, you just made a cover of another mag, all the local magazines. Yeah. Right? Like the cover of a magazine. <laughs> it's like all of these things packed into a really dense six months. And so outwardly publicly, you know, just on Sunday I was with, I was with someone that you guys probably know. Um, and he was like, dude, you've, you've packed, you've had the most incredible year. And it's like, Oh dude, I didn't say that. I said, thank you. But what I'm thinking is like, dude, you couldn't be any further from the truth. It's like that stuff uh, means nothing if I can't uh, just be okay with living and enjoy waking up each morning and be okay going to sleep and uh, have the strength to get out of bed, have the strength to play with my children. Like, it's just really interesting because obviously publicly Taft is really awesome. But privately, my wife and I are in a battle for my life, essentially. And uh, most people don't see that. Most people don't care about that. But that's my reality. And that's what's much more important to me right now. You know, even today, you know, after this, I have a big meeting, uh, a really important meeting uh, uh, surrounded around my mental health, essentially, and, and, and my role at the company and things. And so um, it's, it's an active battle. I think that a lot of times people will talk about this stuff once they've overcome it or once they've kind of been removed from it. 
And, and I think that my openness has made people assume that like, oh, it's something in the past. Um, but it is an active thing that I have not overcome and I'm trying to trying to not become a statistic, trying to not become another story. You know, I'm trying to live through it. So it's, it's, I mean, even the mood in this room has changed because it's just like heavy stuff, you know? It's like, it's serious, heavy. It's not like the kind of passive mental health struggle that like, oh, I have a, a few bad days a month. It's like, no, I am every day uh, fighting to stay alive. Uh, and it gets harder and harder, you know? When did you first Ooh. like really recognize it? Because I think a lot of times we kind of go through it and, and there's obviously different stages of, yeah. you know, the process. So like, when did you really recognize that something was wrong more than you just not being happy? I think so. So I've, I've really struggled with like diagnosed depression since I was 15. Okay. And when I was 15, I remember, you know, I would, I would go to school and I'd be like the cool, smart, successful kid. And then I'd go home and I'd slam the door and I'd, wouldn't talk to my family and I so so I remember my siblings and my mom and my dad talking about like getting really angry that Corey can be this nice guy at school and then he comes home and he's just horrible and and I remember like listening to really dark music and I would draw like these really kind of like weird drawing I'm not uh, I'm not artistic <laughs> like that. <laughs> but he's, but he's like, like, but now, now like, stop calling me artistic. No, but like, stop I would like, I would like scribble with crayons and stuff. And it was like kind of weird, you know, kind of venting. Yeah. Like it was just this odd thing. And so looking back a, and I would, in the summers, I would like, I would sleep on the couch and I would go to sleep like at three or 4 AM and I would sleep till like 2 PM. And, and just my sleep schedule was off. Everything was off. And so when I was a kid, I, I, and then when I was, when I was, uh, later in high school, I moved out of my home, um, because I was, I was not dealing with it well and my family wasn't dealing with it well either. And so I, it, it eventually erupted into me moving out and I moved in with a friend. Um, but that's kind of like the, the seeds of it. And then I, you know, I, I graduated high school. I, I did very well in school despite all this that was going on personally. And then I, uh, I went to BYU. I went, I served a mission. Um, but on my, on my mission, I, you know, I was kind of on and off of medications through this time. And then on my mission, I was, it was really bad. And so I was, I would, I would have these calls with like this doctor in Hong Kong that would prescribe me medicine. It was essentially acting as a therapist once a week and so i was somehow served a mission in in asia and uh but now my mental health is way worse than it ever has been unfortunately so do you feel like the stress of the business and the success is kind of compounded for sure the effects of it yeah like uh having children being married having a bit like i just the pressure has certainly mounted and I don't know, man. Like, I feel like my brain, um, it's just getting worse and worse. It, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, I have more and more resources at my disposal and more and more people that care about me, but like this out of control organ in my body is, is just 
getting worse and worse. And I can, I can kind of step back and I can see it and I can feel it getting worse. And it's like, dang, my thoughts are more, and more. it's like uh, with ADHD, right. it's like, you can't control it. You can right. be aware of it. You can take medicine that helps, but like sometimes it's just way worse. Yeah. And, and, and that's how it is right now for me. It's like getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, uh, present and aware enough to be able to see it and realize it, but not have any way to fix it. Which I think is so important to be able to recognize it because I think a lot of people won't or they, or they, they almost feel like, ah, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like they're not, they're going back to the imposter syndrome a little bit. It's like, if I'm battling with it, I'm not good. I'm like, I should be able to beat this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I th- I think you see a lot. You know, you see a lot if you look at successful people and celebrities. I, I forget who I was listening to the other day. It was in a podcast. And somebody was talking about this exact thing. I mean, very famous person. I'm really bothered that I can't remember who it was. But what they were saying is that it's almost for them the depression was multiplying because all of these highs maybe it was an athlete but like you know like you talk about some of your accolades recently and sometimes like you have these really really like amazing things happen and then the next day you wake up and it's just normal again oh dude it's like it's like when people win a super bowl right the day after you win a super bowl it's like oh crap like like a lot of athletes talk about i won the world series i won the super bowl whatever and then like this thing that they've worked towards their whole lives, they accomplish it. And mm-hmm. then they wake up the next day and realize that life is the same as it was yesterday. Yeah. And it leaves you feeling like, what else oh, is crap, there? If I can't be happy now, if this is how I feel now, right. then, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, that's it, kind of a vicious cycle. I mean, so yeah, amplify. So that's the word I was looking for. Just, I mean, I've seen it with this. Like I've, I've, I've been able to do some pretty cool things. The only thing I can, re- I, I went through about six months, about three years ago, and it came, it was the weirdest thing. I've never dealt with depression. All I know is for like three months, I just wanted to sleep, which I'm like hyper. That mm-hmm. never happens. And finally, our therapist, my marriage, what do you call him? Counselor? Marriage therapist? counselor. Yeah. Now therapist for me, but it was just like, you know, mild form of depression. He said, have you, have you ever dealt with depression? I'm like, No. I mean, I have the ADHD thing, which I'm very open about because yeah. I want people to be able to talk about it. And um, anyways, it took about three more months for, and then it just kind of went away for mm-hmm. me, but it was so weird because it was a chemical thing. Yeah. And so now I have this whole new, like hearing your story, like, I'm sorry, the mood changed, but it's just like, you know, you just, it's easier for me to really feel for somebody that goes through that and, and just know that there is nothing I couldn't control that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a really strange yeah. thing. Mental health is so tricky because it's like, you know, if, if you get, if someone gets cancer, no one would ever say like, toughen up, you know, get over it. <laughs> For sure. yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to get over it with yeah. help. And, and the, the brain is an organ too, Absolutely. but there's this kind of stigma of like, oh, it's your brain. It's your thoughts. Oh, you should be able to get, you know, be more manly. Yeah. Get over it. Control it. Just get get yourself in control. And it's like, unfortunately, with other, you know, diabetes or it's like we don't we don't take the same approach of like, oh, we'll just toughen up, right. control it, get over it. It's like, yeah, 
the brain is an organ just like those other things. And unfortunately, a lot of people take the approach of like, oh, it's in your control. Get over it. Get up out of bed. Be tougher. Right. Stop thinking about it. Be happy. It's sunny outside. It's like it, uh, there's just a different mentality towards mental health. And, and so I appreciate your, your understanding. Well, and I was just going to say I really appreciate you talking about it because I think that's I think we're making progress in yeah, that department. Too. You know, like even the church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Elder Holland had an awesome talk about that a couple of years ago. Like a it was mind vessel, blowing, man. crazy, yeah. And it, I listen to it freaking like once a week. It's amazing, <laughs> yeah, and it and then I think the veterans are helping to you know the PTSD, the post traumatic stress syndrome. Like, there's a lot of things where people are starting to realize, like, hey, like you said, this is a real thing. Like ADHD still has. I hate to compare it because I'd much rather deal with this than depression. But in school, everyone says the same thing to you your whole life. Like, you just need to apply yourself. You have so yeah. much potential. But school was just not made for me. And so you go your whole life just feeling like an idiot. I mean, yeah. like, even to this day, like, I'll look at something and Susan tells me all the time. She said, so I did a podcast. She started a podcast. It comes yeah, out in yeah, September. Yeah. And she wanted me to be her first guest, probably just because I'm easy for her. Like, I'll this dumb guy <laughs> on. But... I said that I did one of my little self-deprecating jokes or whatever. Yeah. And she goes, that's one thing we need to talk about. And I'm like, what? She goes, you're one. She goes, Cameron always says he's dumb. But he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Like I was like holding it back. Like I, it was a really nice compliment. I text her afterwards, but it's like, he can read a room. He's very emotionally aware, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I thinking about it after I realized that's, that's the ADHD talking. Yeah, because you go, you you do you go your whole life in this structured school homework. You know, I had a one point nine when I graduated high school. Like I I tell a story all the time. I talked to teacher and giving me a D so I could graduate. <laughs> but now I own a business, so it's but still, I'm not there. Like I still don't. I still do look at this kind of like lucky. You know what I mean. And so I think that that's really interesting hearing your story and hearing the way that you talk about yourself. And then, at least from my perspective, I'm like, this dude's a genius. You know, and it's, it's, and I, you don't have to respond to that. I know that doesn't make you feel comfortable. But, <laughs> but I think that that might be, there's a common denominator with very successful, very, you know, you, you look at some of the greatest comics. I think comics are so brilliant. Oh man, they're super troubled. And but they're very troubled. I mean, look at you know Van Gogh or Beethoven or these these you know sometimes a couple of our investors call me like a creative genius, right? And it it always drives me nuts because <laughs> I don't I don't feel that way. But but if you think about a lot of the creative geniuses, they're often troubled, right? You know, and, and that's there's the pros and cons of having a really hyperactive brain that can do a lot. It's almost like it opens up. There's something open in your brain that's not open in other people, but there's good and bad there. Yeah. yeah. But but I think you're choosing to do something very special, because I think you're inspiring people not only on the entrepreneurial side, but I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk about it in the moment, because like what you said is true. I've talked about it post, you know, years later, but for you to admit, it's hard to recognize. Yeah, for you to admit that you're like right in the middle of it right now. I mean. I hope a lot of people get to listen to this because dude, I'm in the middle of the, I'm in the the worst time of my life 
right this second mm. as we're recording this. And, and so it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's unique because, you know, when you're oftentimes when you talk about things from some sort of like authoritative, you know, I, a knowledgeable person on it, it's typically retroactively looking back and, you know, from, there was this cool quote, and I think you may have referenced it earlier in this podcast, but you said something about like only seeing the roses and it's like, you know, when you're walking through the garden, you feel the thorns. Right. And then when you look back, all you see are the roses. And it's like, I'm not looking back on this. I am currently in the right. thorns and uh, just trying to raise awareness. And, and also there's a, there's an accountability factor for me as well, because the more people I talk about, you know, I, I don't know if you know, J.D. Stice. J.D. Stice was the uh, former CEO of Jane. And he, oh, yeah. he took his life yeah. uh, a few months ago. And he didn't really tell anyone. He's very private. And so for me, I'm taking a very public approach to this because I feel like uh, the more people that are aware, the more I can't do that. The more, the more it's people. like your accountability almost. That's right. That's right. So I'm just trying to be, you know, in addition to helping others, I'm also trying to just make sure I keep myself accountable and have a lot of people that care about that and are aware of that so that it can help me too. First, thank you for like being willing oh, dude, to talk I'm, about this. I, I, like, am, I, I know man. you're open, am, but yeah. like I know that there will be people that hear this and even if it just causes them to pause or says, Hey, you know, maybe I'm going through something or I was to look for help, but going back to the business side of it as you're going through this because like right now literally waking up and standing up is a huge victory for you right now it is yeah you sometimes know? sometimes i can't and so how do you as the business owner as the creative guy of this business how do you look ahead like like what is next for tap like do you like are you able to once you're going are you able to maybe like shift thinking a little bit so you can kind of start looking at the future a little bit for Taft? I, I think what, what, what everyone on our team would say is I'm really good at faking it. You know, you would never, ever know if it's a good day or a bad day. Um, I would say in the life, the lifetime of our business, my mental health has never affected me as much as it is right now. Like right now, I, the, this is negatively affecting the business. Our employees, like if any of them ever listen to this, I know that the employees will be like, yeah, I know, because he's been a kind of a crappy boss and he's been kind of an absent CEO. Like I know that right now the business is being negatively affected because of this. I've done a good job staying ahead. Like, you know how I always compare it as like Temple Run. Do you remember that app? Yeah. Like yeah. where yeah, that yeah. guy's running <laughs> and if you stop for one second, that like horrible like thing get you gets you yeah like it's kind of like a demogorgon looking thing <laughs> um and and that's what it's been it's been like me just a, a millisecond ahead of that thing and i've it's kind of consumed me a bit and it's impeded my ability to keep running and so right now uh in the past i would say that it, i've been able to kind of beat it and be ahead of it the last six months I would say that it has gotten me and certainly slowed down the business. In in March I was I admitted myself to a hospital, mental hospital, the Utah Neuropsychiatric Institute. And ever since then I've 
I know that if you asked anyone on our team, they would certainly be like, oh, yeah, I can tell because the business has certainly not been as good as do it they has. Do they know? I mean, I guess they kind of have to know if they Every, follow the Instagram account, they, right? Yeah, they know, but... but They may not be able to relate or <sighs> understand. It's tricky. Everyone knows. Sure. But I think that um, no one really knows. Right. You know, it's like... Oh, sure, but he looks normal, and he comes in each day, and he's wearing his gray T-shirt and jeans just like he always does and seems fine. Like, I think they're all aware, but they don't get it. Right. And and unless you've experienced it yourselves, you don't know how hard it is to walk in a door or to take a phone call or to answer an email or to ch- get gas in your car or make your bed. Like, you know, it's it's diff- there's different varying levels of getting it, and I think that I don't think uh, anyone can get it unless they've done it, and unless you've experienced it. Yeah, I I really don't think you yeah, really it's, it's, get it. Yeah, I, you ca- I couldn't put myself in an ADHD brain. Like yeah, camps. Right. yeah. It's just like puppies, candy canes, <laughs> Ferris wheels. <Yeah. laughs> it's a uh, it's a mess. <laughs> so one thing that's sticking out to me is your awareness. Is there anything that helped you become? I find with people that suffer from depression, they're not really thinking of others. Like hearing you talk about your staff and and being aware of those around you, and I mean caring about it. Oh, is there dude, something course, that helped man. you kind of figure that out? Because it's it almost seems like maybe this is what what helps is talking. Obviously, talking about problems is a good thing, yeah. right? But helping is an even better thing. Helping others. The, another thought that pops into my head is. You know, the last person I flipped off on the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just, you don't, like you said, you don't know, right? Yeah. You don't know, like, Do we, we know? were having fun, ta- making fun of the jazz and not winning the championship, you know, b- bow fishing. Just wait a year. And that, okay. But, <laughs> but then to hear you say that, like, the, the first thought that popped into my head is one, like, you've got to be sweeter to people because you just never know Dude. who you're talking to, what kind of day they're having. But then to hear you talk about your staff and be worried about them when you yourself have such a heavy weight on your shoulders, that says a lot about you in a very positive way. What, was there anything that got you there, whether it be therapy or like who made you aware of, one, this is where you're at and you gotta talk about it and share it, but two, caring about how it's affecting everybody else and being able to see that. I would say, one of my strengths is definitely like putting myself kind of goes back to like that uh, common sense and, and human skills that we talked about earlier. Like what makes me a good business person mm-hmm. is the same here. It's like, you know, recently we, we, we've, we've gone through the interview process with someone and he's, you know, he has children and he lives in another state and he's leaving behind a business since stabi- like no one understands and puts himself in those shoes, puts, himself in those shoes more than I do. Like, I, I think that I'm just naturally really blessed with an ability to put myself in someone else's shoes and, and empathy. That, yeah. It, it really stems from my mission. I would say like I served my mission in Cambodia and that was the, that was two years of me just being pounded into humility before that. I wasn't like a cocky person. Maybe, maybe people in high school would disagree, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I was, I've just been, my mental health struggles have just pounded me into this, the depths of humility as it's, you know, talks about in the scriptures. And, um, 
Is scripture references okay in this? Totally that, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know 100%. who your audience is. You don't have to be Mormon okay, to have okay. scriptures, right? We busted out okay. the quad last episode. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> okay, great. My forest green quad <laughs> yeah, is right there down there okay, on top great. of the Gretzky book. Yeah, okay? I mean, the, I think the depths of humility is is exactly what I've experienced. And so, you know, I, I know that I've had employees leave because of, they may not know it, but it's because of my personal struggles with mental health. Right. Like that's... That's just a hard thing, and it affects the business, and it affects other people, and and so when I think about, you know, right now we have we have a C level guy on our team that has six children, and he has a daughter going to college, and and I want to pay him more, and and what's C level? Sorry, C like a chief, CEO, like, oh, a, okay. like a C suite, like I, a chief. I, I cook barbecue for a living. <laughs> like okay. a, a chief, like a, right, he's right. an executive at the gotcha. business, um, and. You know, I'm sure that he, he, he's stewing on that and wants more money, whatever. But it's like, little does he know, like, I have thought about that just as much as he has. Sure. And, and I've put myself in that situation just as much as he has. And I think that's just like, I am a major, major people pleaser. I think about others' feelings, uh, more than my own and I obsess over them and I, um, now I also have a uh, OCD, which which coupled with depression uh, is a dangerous. That's a crazy mix. Yeah, crazy mix. But it also affects my relationships. You know, like I really think about um, uh, other people obsessively, and think about how, you know, I just want if anyone is ever upset with me, it just really weighs on me. And so I, I would say that it probably stems from like that obsessive, uh, ob- motive to please everyone. And so I'm constantly thinking about all of our employees and things. I forget what they call that. So I think 60% of ADHD people have that. Darn it. What's it called? It's the same thing with the people side. It is really hard to handle knowing that somebody else isn't happy with you or doesn't like you. And I I don't know that I have that 100%, but. I definitely have a little bit of it, and it can if it, if there's yeah. somebody, at least somebody I like or respect or whatever. If I think that they don't like me or aren't happy with it's me, horrible. it messes with and me. And even even for bad. me, like it affects, it affects my ability to, to take call. Like a good CEO cannot right be can't like bury that. your head in the sand. And and so like for me, it certainly does. Like I can't even if I if even if I've never met the person, even if there's some sales guy. That like got his hopes up, and I'm gonna have to tell him that we're not gonna go with him or something. That's gotta that be hard. paralyzes me. Like I can't get out of bed, and it's some guy I'm never gonna meet. Sure. I've never seen his face, but I can't pick up that call or I can't answer that email, and I have to ask. Like I literally have people on my team, like, "Hey man, check this text and read it to me," or "Hey man, I can't, I can't even read this email. Can you go on my computer, log into my computer, and check that email from this person and read it?" <laughs> right. Because I can't even. My brain cannot do it. Which comes back to why that negative experience when you put yourself out there as the owner. Yeah. And he kind of yeah, reacted because negatively. Because it really affects me. You know what I mean? The reje- it, uh, fear of rejection. Yeah. Like yeah, feeling. Really, really you probably don't happen. like to read your reviews either. Oh. See, I can't. I won't <laughs> yeah. read Yelp. Yeah, I won't read I, Google. I, nothing. I, like, I won't. Uh, a, a negative review or like, that's why I had, to, like, our, our office is open. Everyone works together except me. Right. Because if I overhear someone in customer service talking about some guy that's upset, right. like they can kind of brush it off for me. Like it will literally ruin my whole week. Right. So how do you have social media? Cause man, there's bad stuff on there. Yeah. I, I mean, so my role in social media is I post the photo and I like, I write the caption, I post the photo 
and then I don't touch it again. It's okay. like Rogan. That Rogan has done. He's done with. Com- he talks yeah. about it all the time. Done with reading comments. Doesn't respond. Anymore. He just posts yeah. his yeah. stuff. So and that's why my phone's been broken. Like this is like broken, good thing. broken. And that's why you know it's been just weeks. Leave it broken. And I've kind of left it because it's like. Well, I can't read text. I can't read comments. I can't read DMs. And it's like, meh, whatever. We're yeah. too connected. I don't need uh, it. Yeah. Depression nowadays has to be so much harder to deal with. And it's probably the big reason that there's a lot more of it now is the social media. And, and there's just it's just the wild, wild west on there. Yeah. Like being a kid now uh, would horrible, suck. Yeah. It'd be so bad. But horrible. so a thought that popped into my head, and this might get a little deep. Okay? Bring it, dude. But I am a, I'm a big believer in our trials being for our benefit Mm -hmm. right and i'm sure it's hard to see the good side of this but i'm going to share my something that just kind of popped into my head but when you have somebody that is your spiritual person yeah right good dad good husband you probably wouldn't say that but i'm going to say it for you because i can tell there's a very sweet sweet person i'm proud of my my husbandry and my parenting actually husbandry i'm gonna start referring to that like that i like that um but, you know, I think that it's important if we're, we'll, we'll bring God into this, right? I think to keep, you see so many people in your position, like Kanye is a perfect example, right? I guess I did kind of just relate you to Kanye, and I'm dude, sorry I'll for take that. It. Well, I, I mean, that's a good thing. I'll but, take, dude, like, but oh, here's oh, this seven like, Kanye? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> please. Here's this super eccentric, not relatable. I mean, he's probably got a head the size of, you know, I just think of the... So I married an axe murderer line, like orange, or what did he call him? Looks like an orange on a toothpick. Anyway, but I want to word this the right way. Is it a blessing in the sense that it keeps you aware, keeps you humble, and keeps you helping people instead of just turning into this egocentric? Like, in a in a way, is it maybe balancing the success? And maybe not allowing it to go into your head and go into this weird space. I don't know. It's just an observation that it could just be to help other people. But you're so humble for what you've accomplished. And I think that is such a breath of fresh air. And and could that be helping with that in a sense? I th- there's certain, is there any there's positive spin on it, I guess, is what I'm trying yeah, to... I, that's I, what I try to look for I think for anyway. that right now it's like out it's of balance. Hard time like, right sure, sure. I think, I think to a certain degree, it could certainly help. I think right now I'm like way on the other extreme. Of course. Where, yeah, but, but I think, yeah, I mean like on my mission, you know, like it made me, I think, a great missionary to be able to, you know, empathize with this war-torn... Right poor country where like a smile and a hug is like all you need you know and and i think there's definitely elements of that like i'm you know i remember on my way to the hospital uh someone honked at me see it was probably me no 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 it wasn't you (laughs) but but and and i was like i was in good spirits and i was like oh man if that person only knew right but like man that's every day like you never know if a person's on the way to go say goodbye to their spouse that's right. dying in a hospital or you don't know if they're going to a funeral or you know like you just never know and so <sighs> i think i think life is so heavy like as i've gotten older i've realized like man our our probationary state on this earthly life is really hard and horrible most of the time um and 
all we just need to do is just love and be nice. Right. And that's it, man. Just like, be nice. That's, that's it. Right. I don't care if you're Mormon. Doesn't matter. Right. Like, I don't care if I have siblings that are active or inactive in the church. Like, sure. It's just like, if we just be nice, dude, that's it for me. And and so I, I try and hopefully, you know, employees, whether I'm, you know, having a good day or a bad day or if I'm a horrible CEO or a great CEO, whatever I'm, whatever I'm doing, the most important goal for me is just to be kind. And, and if Taft succeeds, great. If Taft fails, great. I don't care if I'm kind, that's what a successful life looks like for me. That's awesome. Oh man. What great, I mean, that's such great advice. And you, I think nowadays being kind goes so far. Oh dude. So much farther than it used to, yeah. you know, it's I more, think it's it's more important now than it yeah. ever has been before yeah. because of everything that's happening. So just to end, I just want to get, not turn a little bit, but I want to know what are you excited about right now? I mean, I know you're in a, you're, you're in a struggle, yeah. but like personally in the business, like, is there something coming up that like you're excited about, whether it's a, you know, a partnership or release, like, like, like what is it that kind of gets you excited right now? When does this episode come out? Like when will it be public? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure. Whatever you want. Monday is when it comes oh, out. Oh, Monday? Uh, or you can tell us we can edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some of this stuff off there. That's, right. that's the best part of this. Yeah, you can like trim it down to the good stuff. I was just yeah. going to ask, are you excited to maybe take a little break? Yeah, I would say, uh, so currently I'm hiring a president right. Okay. who will uh, allow me to breathe and, and create some space between me and the business a little bit, which is awesome. really And needed. will you be able to do that? Like, I, will, I will. That's awesome. A year ago, I wouldn't. Right. But now, like, uh, we are in such an emergency urgent care type scenario mentally that like I have to, you know, it's not like a, and maybe in a weird way, that's the blessing, right? Maybe, maybe that wall, at least in my life that I have to have a wall. Like my next one is like getting my weight off because it, it, you know, I don't mean to get too sad on this either, but it sucks and you know, it's really hard to deal with. Yeah. But, Every like good thing that I've accomplished in my life or overcome in my life came when I hit like the, the wall. wall. And because you don't have any other choice to what you talked about. Well, I had right. I had to figure yeah, these it's things not like, out. But that's a blessing, right? Like yeah. in a sense, looking in a weird it, way. Looking back on it. Like if because I think what what's really special about you is you're noticing these things in the moment and you're sharing them in the moment. See, all the things that people tell me I help them with are from my past, mm-hmm. right? Things I've overcome. And so I think to be aware that's what I try to do now is like when I'm in a sucky situation, I'm like, okay, what's the silver lining? What's, what's God trying to tell me here? What's, is this to help someone else? Is this to help me? Is this to help my family? And I mean, maybe that wall is, is the silver lining in a sense yeah. to help you, you know, cause it's a blessing to be in a position to do that. Right. For sure. And then to feel like, Hey, I would rather do this. I couldn't do it a year ago. I can do it now. Yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. M- mostly, I'm excited for. Um, I'm really excited just to be with my kids and my wife more. My yeah. oldest is starting kindergarten in like two, you know, six weeks. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that I can spend a lot. Of, I mean, my kids and my wife are like, they're like a dream, right. like a dream come true. And you know, typically in life, when we 
when our kids want us to be with them, we're like too busy. And then when we want to be with our kids, they're like teenagers and don't want to be with us anymore. So I'm trying to take advantage of this time and, and just be, you know, my life has afforded me some flexibility. And so I'm trying to just like take advantage of that. You know, we, we bought that new home and we're turning it into, you know, our dream home just for, for our family. So it's, it's, it's a new home, but it's really uh, a lifestyle change that, that we're building the home around. And, and so I'm just, I'm excited about trying to get ahead of the situation a little bit and hire the right people and, and try and get back to a healthy balance in my life rather than letting the business dominate everything. Yeah. Well, have you grown to, I, I know you do have to leave, but have you grown to appreciate the family, like being home more? as the business has grown. Oh dude, all I want to do is be home. See, <laughs> yes. uh, we were talking about that last week. Like uh, I used to be like the go home at eight o'clock here at four in the morning. Uh-huh. But now like we bought a house in Highland cause I wanted to be farther away. Yeah. That's smart. Because I didn't for every little thing, I didn't want to have to come back, but now I'm home at like four. Like I, yeah, I, I really love being home and I don't know if it's because I'm a, I am social. I'm pretty extroverted. Mm-hmm. But I have found with the restaurant that I like my quiet time. Yeah, at I'm. Home. I'm. I just want to be home all the time. I want to yeah. be like at home. Like, uh, yeah, man. I say no to like every opportunity I have because all I want to do is like just be home. And there's nothing like, wrong with that. Well, we talked about it. Like, I'll use. I'm gonna use my same quote. You know, show me your budget. I'll show you what's important to you. The fact that you're home shows what's important to you. It sounds like your biggest spending is in fixing the house up. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's good. Actual budget. Yeah, it's true. Well, Corey, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks Um, guys. It's been great. So if people want to check out Taft, where's the best place to find you? Uh, Instagram is just Taft, T-A-F-T. Okay. Uh, Taft. Uh, You could also go to the website, taftclothing.com. Yeah, man. Okay. Hope a lot of people listen to this. So, so do I. I'll, I'll, I'll like blast really, it out to yeah. like my this is 500 followers. I mean, <laughs> just a sneak peek. We're going to do a Taft shoe giveaway. We're going to buy a pair and give it away. Oh, We are? Oh. Yep. I'm going to give away a pair to me today. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. buy some. Now that there's 15. <laughs> we're going to find some 15. No, but we're going to find it. So everyone follow Taft. Thanks for listening. Check us out. Thanks, man. Really yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. thanks.